0: Again, episode number, shall we call it number three of the VOD VODcast? Shall we call it a three.
1: Vo- the lockdown vodcast.
0: VODcast? Um, it's just us two today. Uh, Tim's busy. Um, I wish him well today. Hope he's enjoyed the sun somewhere. Um, I'm joined by Matt, regular kind of co host we have on the podcast. Um, if you follow us, obviously, I tell you all the time, but if you follow us, we are a mental health podcast. We are not professionals. We talk from kind of our experiences with mental health. Um, we all come at it from like a different way. I've had depression and bullying. Matt's suffered with anxiety, a depression and stuff. And Tim lost a friend to suicide, and it kind of, kind of caused him a little bit of mental health issue. So we we, we go through experience, and so we try and help you as much as we can. So, uh, how you been, mate? How you been? What's it? Four weeks now?
1: Yeah, four weeks in. <laughs> uh not too bad, not too bad as we discussed last time. It's a bit bit chaotic with trying to keep kids happy and stuff. It was Laura's birthday yesterday, so she yeah. had an isolation birthday so that was fun. her her presents will be arriving on the 30th of April. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel
0: my friends have said like the fat, like deliveries are like ticking like yeah something like July and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, it's taken a while, so that that caused a bit of amusement. But I managed to get some stuff here on time. So yeah, it, it are just trying to make the most of it, really. Um, there's not that else you can do, is there, At the minute, just make the most of it. We've got more time than we'd usually have, I suppose. So might as well enjoy it.
0: Yeah, pretty much the same as me. Yeah, I've, I've had uh, not a lot of time to. Well, I say not a lot of time, but I've just done really done a lot, really, just trying mm. to get as mentally active as I possibly can and. Um, I had I did a little thing for my friend Alison who works at ICU at Hull Royal.
1: It's like that, yeah. You're baking, won't you?
0: Yeah, just keeps keeps me busy, giving something to do. But I thought I might as well bake it and actually do something with it. So I took it into uh, to Alison and her team at the ICU at Hull Royal. Apparently it lasted about 20 minutes, so it went down pretty well. <laughs> but I had uh, I had a few bits left over, so I had a bit left over. It's my friend's 21st, and he spent his 21st in knocked down, so. I went around to Sam's and dropped a little kind of brownie cake off to him yesterday and kind of had a right. bit of a up. It's just nice to see a different face. Yeah, thing, it's nice to you know. see. It, isn't it? Yeah.
1: How, how are you coping without the gym?
0: Uh, all right, mate, I think. <laughs> Not too bad. <laughs> um,
1: I've, I've coped for about the last four years without <laughs> one.
0: I'm doing I'm, all right. Just trying to stay as regular as possible. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. We talked about it in the in a, in a previous one about the routines and stuff. Just trying to stay as normal as I can. Like our gym do with virtual sessions, it's not the same, but it's you mm. still moving around. I'm just trying to stay as normal as possible. Without too much disruption, and you know, trying to trying to keep us, as 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 kind of mentally active as I possibly can. But it's
1: plenty um, of time for reading now, huh? Reading your books.
0: I'm I'm halfway through my new one, so I have got Aunt Middleton for Christmas, and I've read like a page every two weeks and i just like <laughs> but yeah i'm halfway through mount middleton's uh, the, the fear bubble thing i'm talking about fear and fear of failure and stuff like that which is really interesting actually it's uh yeah you could highly recommend it if anyone wants to anyone wants something to add to the reading list Good.
1: we've been struggling to read too many too many kids things going on but the other day when Ava was asleep we got oliver to sit and read his book for half an hour we went, we read our books as well which is, it was nice actually nice change <laughs> yeah, do something different. Uh, so then, yeah. Other than that, I've just been watching uh, loads of stuff on Amazon or Netflix or yeah. whatever. Yeah,
0: mate. Yeah, it's all about the sad king.
1: On, yeah, it's good. Some good stuff on there. Though. Some good, uh, good things on resilience. And um, I think from a sporting perspective, I'd, I'd highly recommend watching um, the Australian documentary, the, the Test about the Australian. Oh, how good is test. that? Good. Very good. Very interesting. Bit weird. Yeah, they, uh, some of it, but I think that's because it's Australian. But yeah, it's it's interesting, especially when you speak about resilience and mindset yeah, yeah. And, and things uh, like that. Very, very interesting as to how they cope with it all and stress and pressure and,
0: and yeah, what I they mean, did. That, yeah. Like obviously, if you if you if you follow us and you and you you, you need to catch up, Matt uh, Matt's stories on the first the first episode of the podcast will be up there somewhere. But uh, Matt used to play cricket to a you know a really really good standard and um, right. Yeah, it did alright. Yeah, it did alright. Um so yeah, the that that like Australian cricket team is, is bred on winning, isn't it? Winning is, yeah. is everything. They dominated cricket in the 90s and early 2000s. It's just a team bred on on resilience and not never giving up and you know and they, they just went I think didn't they win a record like like 10 Ashes in a row or something like that yeah. or you know series so in a row
1: yeah, it charts the time though when it all fell down and all fell apart, which I find is quite interesting because a, a team like that, it was obs- yeah it, it, good from our perspective because it's always fun to watch Australia lose. But uh, I think watching uh, a team that's so used to winning cope with failure was very, very interesting. They didn't like it. They can't do it. They, don't, they don't, didn't know how to. It was almost a learning process as much as anything to cope with not being the best anymore. Um, and I think it's quite interesting to watch the perspective of where they start off and where they eventually get to. And, you know, and still, even though getting a result that was quite good, still feeling like they failed at the end, even though the majority of people would be quite happy with it. It just shows the mindset
0: that those guys are, are brought up in, which is, is quite interesting. Yeah, it's the Australia. It's the same as the Rugby League guys, isn't it? They're bred on winning.
1: I think, you know, it, it, it speaks a bit to the backgrounds that we, we've come from, I think. You know, they're the not being able to, to speak about anything that you're slightly struggling with. Um, I watched The Edge as well, which is the other, the yeah. England one, the England cricket one. Uh, and Jonathan Trott speaking on there about how he couldn't cope anymore, but didn't say anything. Um, you know, really interesting to say he was walking out from a game after being out and, and he thought he'd blacked out. He thought he'd passed out. But he was walking off and he was normal, you know. But he he thought he blacked out because he couldn't remember anything. Uh, And it's amazing the amount of stress and pressure we put on ourselves as people. And then when it hits that crisis point, uh, how the body and the mind reacts, we're not prepared for that. Um, You know, and what you see in that documentary, particularly, is a team that ran so hard and was so good, Mm. but ran so hard alongside it, they couldn't cope anymore. And it all just falls apart and crumbles because you don't. You know, and Andy Flower saying next time I'd work with people instead of players, and that's speaking to the volume of actually just treat these people as machines who were good at a skill. Uh, And you know, he actually didn't treat them as people. I think you know what people are starting to realize now, thankfully, is that people are actually quite an important commodity, and the way that we deal with things is is very different from one person to the next, and we all need a, a slight element of. Uh, leeway in some things that we do as well. Um, you know, some of us more extreme than others. But it, it was really interesting to see his thoughts that you know he, he trapped them as players and as uh, as robots really. And that if he was to do anything differently, he'd treat them as people, which I thought was quite an interesting quote. Yeah, it's
0: re- it is a really good uh, little thing on kind of mental health and elites. Mm. Sort of like elite sport, like high yeah. level elite sport. It goes into a few other things as well, doesn't it? Like the Stephen Finn thing, like when I told him he was unselectable and yeah. Um, yeah. Marcus Treskothic's on there, Alistair Cook's on there, uh, KP, if you follow mm. Kevin Peterson, the big scandal about Kevin Peterson. Uh,
1: but you, people are like that, you know, you, it, it's managing people, isn't it? And we talk a lot on here about people having their own different little quirks and, and what they do and how they do things differently. Uh, and in a team environment, I think, you know, a lot of us and I think a lot of people watching will be in some form of team, you know, you're doing in a team at work in a team in a sport in terms, you know, in some respects, I suppose your home life, if there's a few of you in the house, it kind of is a, a team dynamic in that people do yes. their, their jobs, they do their things and, you know, and that situation has to be managed. You know, across all of that spectrum, that situation of teamwork has to be managed. Um, you know, and, and I suppose you soon find out if someone's not pulling the weight, but I think how often do we check why why they're not? Um, I've been very interested to see off the back of this lockdown from a slightly different perspective about stress and pressure what happens with school um, you know I, I've read a few things and heard a few things about kids still doing online lessons and stuff but knowing they're not going to have exams they're enjoying it more they're enjoying learning
0: like the pressure's gone, isn't it
1: yeah and I think as I think as people we're not as people and as humans and I, I think we like to learn, we do like to learn new things, we like to learn different things, or, you know, we like to have some form of knowledge, it's just that, I think, the pressure of school, and, you know, imagine everything that's going through your head when you're 16, and then this is the time that the world's going to tell you whether or not you're good enough as well, (laughs) you're 16, you know, I I think we we touched on in the very, very first episode about, um, part of my story, when when I was about 17, was when I, I got really ill, and that's, that's around that time you know you got all that stress and all that pressure and then playing elite level sport at the same time all that stress and all that pressure and then you've got your home life pressure as well and it just knocks you out and I just wonder off the back of this are we, are we going to realize that there are different ways to to school our kids to get the performance out of them you know other than um you know very technical things like being a doctor or you know a veterinarian or, or something like that do, do you need a a qualification when you leave school to tell you that you're good enough? You know, how, how many people leave school feeling not worth anything? Because okay. they have still a few acres. Well, yeah, you know, not necessarily just because, you know, some people because of the environment they're in and the people they're surrounded by, and some people because they've been told by the only people that tell them anything in their lives. Some people don't have good home lives and they've been told by a piece of paper that you're not good enough now. How do we, how do we deal with that? I I don't know. It's one of my big stupid questions that I come up with
0: every now and again. It's a a great question. What do you do after this lockdown? It's like me and Tim talked about it before. I reckon I'd have learned a lot more if I didn't have the pressure of a test after it. It put me in any kind of test. I think think that's why I failed uni. Uh, Crumble. I crumble under pressure really bad. I do it at work sometimes when I used to work behind the bar. Thank God I work behind a desk now. But when I was on the bar, like... I used to just like I used to feel pressure really badly like it's, that, it's mm. that fear of failure which obviously my, my school days and stuff and which you yeah. listen to the podcast which played a massive part in in my in my youth is that fear of failure and it's kind of carried all the way through and but I think if I'd have been at school and I didn't have the pressure of coming out of school with some I mean what I'm 30 <laughs> so um, <laughs> Energy. So yeah, if I'm 38, back in, back in school, when I was at school, it was, if you didn't get a qualification, was mm. you was you yeah. nothing. You couldn't go to college, you couldn't do anything.
1: Hopefully, you know, I, I'm thinking as well on the, the grander scale of things about when this all ends, work pressure as well as school pressure. Are, are people going to be made to go to work every day? Uh, or can they work from home? You know, if, if some companies now have seen that remote working works, can more people work from home, have a better work-life balance? You know, I'm sure there's plenty of people who would sacrifice a little bit on the salary side to have more of a relaxed work environment at home. You know? And if they're still as productive, then why not? Um, I mean, it's going to be interesting. It'll be strange, but interesting to see
0: what happens. I think, it would, like you say, I think it... I mean, it's going to be so weird after, after you... I mean, in my opinion, I think it's going to be months yet. I think it'll be... Mm-hmm august september i think at the earliest me personally i'm not a medical scientist as he but i i just think there's people hoping it's, it's three weeks and then they can go out and go get pissed again and stuff like that mm. and i think you've got to look at look at it kind of a, a longer term i'm 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 thinking i'm aiming for august september i think before anything really really starts to open up and we're allowed to kind of do anything like that um especially when the death toll still kind of stays pretty, <laughs> pretty high and stuff and but I think it is. It's going to be really weird. Can you actually work from home? Why do you have mm-hmm. to go into work and why do you have to disrupt, you know, your kind of mental health and stuff? If, if people go into work who aren't very well and stuff, who are struggling and they have to, then they're forced to go into a work environment where work stress triggers their kind of anxieties and stuff, can you work from home in a nice, well, in your underpants and dressing gown or whatever? I don't know. Can you, you know, that's the thing. You know, yeah, um, you're not going to be able
1: to if you're a plumber.
0: plumber. Yeah, can't plumb here. the only problem, isn't it? You know, um, can you work from home? Can you? Can you say, look, this, this, and this would work. You know, I'm really struggling. Can I work for a couple of weeks at home? Yeah, Uh, it'll make me feel better. I think it'll be really, really different when we come out of this. I think businesses are going to have to look at that.
1: Yeah, it's it's the positive aspect of it, isn't it? You know how what positives can you take out of it and that, that's what I'm trying to look towards you know with the thing on schooling and, and making it a bit easier for kids less press, less pressure less stress uh work less pressure less stress you know a bit bit more of a, a work life balance you know if you've got a commute of an hour to work every day well if you can even do two days a week from home then that's you know you're getting four hours of your day back you know so it's four hours a week you've got back already um, you know, it's things, it's small things, isn't it? that I think people have taken for granted quite a lot, and now we're seeing the uh, the differences once we're forced to do something different. We're, it touches back to resilience, doesn't it? I think we're quite a resilient bunch. Um, I think everybody's doing all right. Everyone's making the most of it. You know, there's obviously those who are finding it extremely difficult at the minute. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, th- th- there'll be those people that are just on their own, well, isolated on their own, and, and not seeing people and John, it's it's a struggle not seeing family as well, isn't it? you know. We we take the kids and walk by the grandparents' houses and have a wave and a chat through the window and stuff. And they've they've not held the granddaughter since she was born, pretty much. And it's like, well, what what, what do you do? You, you can't you can't just go in and have a cup of tea and stuff that we take for granted every single day. Uh, you know, what, what's it going to be like after? Are we, are we all going to be a bit more thoughtful about things? Honestly, I, I hope we are. My honest opinion is it won't take very long for things to go back to how they were. Yeah, I, mean.
0: can, I can see that, mate. Yeah, I, I can. Like, I think a lot of pit. Like for me, it's put a lot of things in perspective of what I do and like mm. who I associate with and stuff like that. And what what's what I can control and what I can't control and the people I see and the people I speak to and the people I give time to and stuff outside of whatever this lockdown is. And I just think, fucking just you just need to just think about what's more important mm. and uh, unfortunately for me it's it's like my mental health is more important than the way i feel about things and I'm just trying to stay as positive as possible and i mentioned on the last one um just trying to keep as much negativity out uh, as physically i mean obviously there's there's good days and bad days which <laughs> if, you, if 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 you if you go through certain things that we've been through and stuff like that and you, you have good days and bad days but just trying to keep the negative as little mm-hmm. as possible and try and I know it's being around people but trying to be around people and speak to people who actually bring positivity into your life and actually make you feel better and if you do need to talk to somebody they're always there at the end of a zoom or the end of a phone or something like that
1: exactly yeah yeah I think because, you know the, the long, to yeah as you talk about you know that there are people who suffer with mental illness and things who do have bad days um I I still have thankfully mine are infrequent now but you know, I, I still have days I just don't want to get up, yeah. and, Um. I can't sleep, and then when it comes time to waking up, I can't be bothered, And uh, I th- but I think the situation you're in now kind of forces your hand anyway, you have to do things, Um. You know, I think in my situation with two kids and things, I can't just sit on my ass all day and go, no, I'm not contributing today, because I can't really be arsed. Um, You know, and I think it in the way that sort of work forces your hand as well. When you feel a bit shit like that, you go in and you know you sort of think, "Ah, oh, I'm clicked into gear." It takes over, and I think that you know that just getting up and doing things. What I worry about is those people that don't have an outlet at the minute. You know, people who are, who are on their own, or do you know what? People who were in a situation that we were in years ago, where we knew we weren't very well, and we didn't feel good, but we probably didn't talk about it and couldn't couldn't articulate that and it's probably very difficult for them now because all they do want to do sometimes is just sit in that dark space and um whilst it's not healthy you do need to do a bit of that just to get over it just sit and get through it and endure it and i think it'd be difficult for those people if they've got people around them as well and they've not told about that and they're probably seeing a change in their mood, the way they behave, and thinking, well, what's, "What's the matter with them?" And then you start to worry yourself, don't you, about people judging you? I, I just wonder how people are going to find that. And, uh, you know, I worry about people like that. To be honest, it, it's not easy uh, at the best of times, let alone now when everything's under a microscope. How are the how are people like that going to cope? I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's it's one of those. I mean, what can you do? I mean. Mm-hmm obviously you can't, you can't go to your GP anymore, can you? You can't. Hopefully I'm going to get a friend of mine on, who works in the mental health service very soon. I'm going to talk about what options you have during lockdown. Um, Hopefully I'll I'll get this done. I'll get that done this week. But um, yeah, I mean, what, what can you do? I mean, other than just reach out and talk to, obviously talk to somebody you trust. I mean, yeah, obviously, or just, do you know what I found? I found talking to a complete stranger. Someone who's not going to judge you. Someone who's not going to post comments about you. Somebody going to spread it around wherever. Hmm. Just try to talk to someone who's on the outskirts of who you associate with and just, just talk to them. Yeah,
1: it's ironically, like you say, it is the easiest thing to do. People who aren't that close with them, I yeah,
0: I mean, it. I've been through it. I find that quite easy. But doing it, yeah fucking, the first step is really really hard
1: it, it is and you know there's there's days now obviously when I, I would probably want to say something to Laura about yeah I don't feel great or whatever but you don't do that you push that away because what you don't want to do is you don't want to put your negativity and your stress and your you know if you're, if you're feeling a bit down or whatever you don't want to put that on them and influence their mood and I think that that's the tendency we think if people are close to us we're going to upset them you know, and the the worst thing that can happen then is you upset someone, um, because that makes you feel even worse. Yeah. So I think we have a tendency to think, you know, it is easier to speak to those people who are sort of at arm's length a little bit. And, and you're right about that. When I very first started talking about stuff, that I found it so much easier with people who I didn't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I told the story in the in the first podcast about finally getting to see a psychologist. who was really really good about Eight or nine weeks worth of progress, and said, Okay, we'll bring your mum in next week and we'll have a chat and let her know everything you've done and everything you've gone through. And then I went from being, Okay, yeah, great, to it came and I was sat head down and just couldn't do it again, couldn't do it. And everything just, just brick wall came up and I was done. It's like, No, not engaging today. I can't do that. It's a bit so,
0: a <laughs> isn't
1: it? Yeah, it's really weird. It is really weird. I never had a problem with facing the headmaster. I didn't do that quite <laughs> <Yeah. I> as well. <laughs> I got used to that. <laughs> I don't think I was best mate, it's so don't like me. Okay. Um, but it, it's strange, isn't it? You know the, the the way that we react to things, and you know, like you say, yeah, reach out to someone who is a bit at arm's length. And as we mentioned on here before, but we're always available for a chat if anyone wants to. Yeah, a chat. absolutely. Yeah. Um, what would be quite interesting as well is if anybody does want to come on here for a conversation and just let let us know what you're doing and how you're coping with things and. I think even people who would define themselves as well. (laughs) um, I want to hear people's stories of what they're doing, because we're all under pressure at the minute. We're all under stress and pressure. How do you cope with it? You know, I want to know that from everybody, because you can probably learn a bit.
0: actually, so I want to go back to something um, in our story. Obviously, you suffered with kind of anxiety and kind of uh, mad it. Uh, <laughs> we could a little bit of anxiety and obviously you, 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 if you follow matt and you follow us and stuff have a listen up there and um, i want to go back to the moment you you knew it was time to do something about it um obviously you spent a lot of time in your house you, you with anxiety you couldn't go back you had a, an episode didn't you when you you was going to go into nets and you yeah. just couldn't get out the house and you had a bit of an episode down down the street and stuff and but I want to know, through the whole, pro- when did you know it was time to go and talk to somebody?
1: Yeah, it, it was kind of forced on me. You know, as I mentioned previous, I wanted to <clears throat> go to doctors and, as horrible as it sounds out, find out I was ill. Um, so I was thinking, well, what is wrong? And then it, it didn't kind of twig until they made me do some sort of questionnaire thing about how do you feel? And I was like, well, what are you getting at? <laughs> um then I went to see a counsellor, and as I explained before, I turned up and just said, what do you want me to do? And they said, well, it's it's not really like that. So what do you mean? I said, you tell me what I need to do, and I'll do it. I'm not bothered, I'll just do it. And they're like, no, 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 no but we'll just talk. I was like, yeah, but just tell me what to do to get better, and I'll do it, and I'll be better, and I'll be fine, and I'll just go. I genuinely thought it'd be that easy. You know, a couple of, couple of sessions just saying, answer these questions, and then off you go, and you'll feel better again. I didn't realise the process. And um, so, coming out and talking, I, I didn't necessarily struggle with it, I didn't know I needed to. Yeah. Um, and, and then, at the time when I'd known obviously quite a few guys from the radio and, and the newspapers and stuff who'd always like sort of followed my story, I dropped off the radar bit and I got speaking to speak into a couple of them again. And then, um, Dean Windass, when he, he announced that he'd been ill with depression and stuff, they actually got in touch with me and said, Look we know you've never really done it, but would you speak about it? And I was like, well yeah, I'm not bothered. Um so I went in and spoke to Katie Woodu at the time who was the reporter and a health reporter from the Mail, she did the full thing on me and it was really interesting. Um lots of people spoke to me after that, but I never knew i have anything wrong with them whatsoever. And I spoke to <clears throat> spoke to a few people and then after that I kinda of made the conscious decision that I would never speak about it and go, "Oh, this is me and this is my story." Blah, 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 blah. But if anybody ever asked me, I would never lie. Um, you know, the other day I reconnected with somebody, a lad from Lancashire, actually, I'd not spoken to for years and years and years since we used to play against each other. And it, yeah, he literally said to me, "Point what happened?" So I told yeah. him, "Oh, it, sorry, I, I didn't know. I'm so sorry." I'm like, well, like, "Yeah, <laughs> you have know, to worry. You know, it, it, it's not you. Don't worry about it." And yeah. I always made the conscious decision that whilst I would never outright go and tell people or even offer an opinion, to be honest, on stuff like that, I still don't. It's just if somebody wants to ask me about something, I will tell them. I'm not bothered. You know, I'll tell them about it. But I never, I suppose I've never made a conscious decision to go, Okay, I need to speak to someone because I didn't know I had to. I just needed to do it. And I didn't know I needed to do it. (laughs) the process that I went down probably that's seven or eight weeks in before I actually realized that they weren't gonna just give me some wonder drug and I'd be fine um, it was it was gonna be long gradual didn't think it'd be as long as it was to be honest yeah um, didn't think that I would still suffer this stuff today to this very day didn't realize I was ill. Um, didn't see it as an illness. Not, didn't honestly didn't see that side of it as an illness. I thought, well, we'll just ask a few questions and we'll be okay. But it didn't quite happen like that. What was it like for you? Because obviously it was slightly
0: different, I think, for you, wasn't it? For me, yeah, it was. It was. Um, it's a weird one for me, really, because obviously being my my kind of stuff obviously started at school and. Um, I, I tried when I was a kid to to get a little bit of help, but back then it was mm. so. We're talking like nineties, ninety 92, I would say just before I started high school. High school, sorry, secondary school. Um, Ash Bishop, um the proper one, the prison, not not the new <laughs> one. The <laughs> new one, um, <laughs> the new one, yeah. Um, but yeah, for me going back at school, it, it was, it's a different culture back then. It was you know it was uh keep your head down no one above you kind of thing but mm. i think i when i knew it was time i knew it was time i knew 100 percent i had to do something about it because i just couldn't carry on living the way i was living and obviously if you follow me and follow the, the podcast and follow the page um you know i went through a divorce and it kind of gave me a, a bit of a wake-up call and i had to do something about it that's the moment i knew i had to do something about it but the biggest thing for me was just to accept it accept that you know i, I need to do it and things aren't right. I can't carry on living like this big lie and pretending I'm all right and not saying anything about it. And um yeah, I, I I I knew I had to. I come to a crossroads. It took me a long time to do it, but I come to a crossroads and thank God you know touch wood with the help of friends and family and stuff. I went that way instead of going yeah. that way and pretending everything's all right. It's not me, it's hair and you know, blaming other people and stuff like that. When really I had I would say 90%, It was. It was it's all my fault. Yeah. You know? But I needed to do it before it. The thing about depression, I found, well, the thing with depression, for me, this is my, this is me, it might be totally different to other people, but I think if you let it fester, it just takes over you. It'll take over your emotions, it'll take over the way you think, it'll take over the way you speak to people. But you won't notice that until it's too late. Mm. you push people away until people start saying no you're a fucking dick and I can't deal with you anymore and you go ah it's your fault it's always you it's always you and you fall out with people and stuff like that so it took me a long time to accept that took me a long time to accept that I needed to go and get some help and when I did when I did do it I spoke before I I went uh, I went to my GP and thank god I had a really good GP you know I didn't want any drugs or anything like that I just wanted to go to talk to somebody you know I just to talk to somebody who wasn't my mum or wasn't my dad or wasn't my brother or wasn't you know some friends just just sit and talk to somebody who can actually help me so my GP put me in touch with this f- like kind of like teaching kind of place on Ellesmere uh, up near Belfield if you're from Hull and you're listening it's almost Road and I went there and like I just couldn't stop talking I just like I think it's the first time she said she had to tell me to shut up because my hour was up She's just like, so what's wrong? And that was, yeah, I just couldn't stop talking. And I ain't stopped since really, hence why I'm doing it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I knew it. I knew, but what am I, five years down, I think, in my recovery? I'm like five years down. And I'm, you know, I still, I don't, I still don't think I'm anywhere near where, I, you know, I still get days where I feel absolutely shit. Mm. And everything bothers me. And then that's when I start thinking I'm, over- I'm a terrible overthinker. that's one of the side effects. I I overthink everything, and think everything's everything's negative, everything's bad. And that's why I struggle with like like lack of confidence. I think I struggle with a bit of confidence. Like I, I don't feel like I could do something because I start overthinking stuff. And so yeah, I knew I knew when my wife left me. I knew it was time. It took me a long time to get there, but I knew it was time. I think for anyone out there, it's not a it's not a short term thing you'll be sat listening to us and you'll be in something similar to me and you or, or, or to Tim or someone else and you, you will sit there and you'll go, do you know, I think today's my time and you, you've you just got to do it. It might be today, it might be tomorrow, it might be a year down the line. But yeah, I'm, I'm five years in and do you know what? I still don't feel 100%. I don't think I ever will. Do you know, like you mentioned before, I just don't think I ever will. I think I still always yeah. have little issues, little battles every now and then. Yeah. But the help I've got has kind of helped me to kind of deal with it a bit better and I know what works for me. I think, I think that's the best thing to come out is know what works for you when you get into that situation. But you've just got to it. Yeah. I think accepting it and admitting to yourself that he, you, know, you just need to do something about it. Because I just couldn't carry on living like that. It was horrendous. It was horrible. Yeah. Like.
1: I think the most difficult thing to come to terms with is... Uh, I don't want this to sound too negative, but uh, I think the most difficult thing for myself to come to terms with is the fact that I will never get better um in the sense that I'll never be where I want to be um I'll never and that's not a happiness thing that is just because you know that I've still got the the anxiety with like heights for example and things like that And, and there's still things I cannot do um and I'm kind of prepared for the fact that that might be a lifelong thing that might not just be a here and now um and I think that, like I said, I don't want it to sound negative, but it, it, it's the acceptance that I might never be what other people consider to be normal. Um, it's difficult to get your head around that, to be honest. Uh, really difficult. But, you know, it, it's something that I live with and cope with. There's people who live with and cope with really severe illnesses and, and things like that, and they're having to do the same thing. You know, there's people... Make sacrifices on a daily basis because they can't do a certain thing because you know maybe a a body issue or something like that you know or or an illness issue. uh, It's no different. It's no different. So I kind of perceive it that way. As to you know, if other people can do that, then I can do that, and it's not going to be horrendous. As you said, there's ways of working around it. It's just that I have to come to the acceptance of I don't think I'm ever ever going to be what quotes well um in my life and um, again people might think oh well that, that means you're real sad you're real unhappy no it doesn't Just means there's some things that either trigger me a bit or I can be a bit of an ass some days <laughs> or so yeah. I, I, I mean I, I'm quite lucky and I, I saw a quote once by Stephen Fry and he said about his manic depression that he's lucky because he gets the massive highs as well and I get that so I I'm lucky in some respect that I get the huge highs along with the huge lows. Um, I do have those moments of what you could perceive as mania, where I'm quite hyper and laughing, messing about, and you know, as quickly as that comes, it can go, uh, and vice versa. I can I can feel shocking, and as quickly as it comes, it goes. Uh, no rhyme or reason, uh, and it's very very odd. But I think you know, I, I learn to live with that. I must be a nightmare to live with but I can, you know, I can learn to live with that. And I think that it's just that acceptance, like you said, accepting it, accepting it's going to happen and then find out what works for you
0: and do it. Reading about it and stuff like that. And it's about um, living in the now, isn't it? Like living, Mm. living now. So being in the, being in the present and stuff. And um, I think like for me about about all my stuff is is accepting the past and the past is the past. You can't, Mm. you can't, what can you do about it? Like you can't change it and like, I wish I could, but you can't, can you? What can you do? Exactly. There isn't. You've just got to live, live in the now and um, take each day as it comes and make it as positive as possible. Yeah. Talk to as many people as possible if you do need to talk to anybody. Um, fingers crossed, I'm gonna get my friend on if she'll accept my invite. <laughs> I thought, you know, we can only talk about so much about experience, but it's good to have a professional eye view on. On things and get a little bit more perspective about what's going on so hopefully she accepts my invite and comes on and has a chat with us and chat to you guys and stuff like that But yeah just just live in the now and just do as much much positivity in the day you're living now as possible and just go out and live your life and try not to live your life in regret don't regret about anything learn to reflect you know Accept the past for what it is, learn from your mistakes, and then move on to your future and use it to to bring positivity. And, you know, if that means cutting off certain people who are in this kind of negative space, just fucking fuck them off and make yourself feel a bit better. Definitely, yeah, but, Definitely. Um Yeah, I, I'll obviously it's just me and you, so I, <laughs> I'd love to get Tim's view on this, but hopefully we'll, we'll get Tim yeah. on it soon. But, um, just a little bit before we go, I don't want to keep you too long from your hectic family life. <laughs> it's a nice break. Just a thing on, on when you knew it was time to do it. And obviously you, you went um, a little bit like me. You went to a therapist, psychologist, kind of medical stuff like that. Um, what would you say to someone who's, who's in this kind of period where they want to do something? Sort of, Where would you kind of send them first? Would you go kind of medical? Or would you get them to reach out to family first? Or speaking for yeah. my experience, obviously,
1: it depends how you feel. To be honest, whatever I think the theme of what we spoke about is make it easier for yourself. Mm. So if you are someone who can talk to your family, then do because they're your immediate point of contact. If not, then definitely, yeah, definitely go down the medical road. But speak to your GP. They, nowadays, more than ever, they will signpost you onto the right person. Um, very few doctors want to medicate. You. I, I'm still on medication, quite a bit of it, but I have to be. And I, again, it's another part of acceptance. I need to be on that. Um, but the medical route now is not like it used to be, where, okay, yeah, we'll just get you in, dose you up so you're a zombie. And, you know, it's not like that. It's a signposting you onto the relevant people. And I think that's very important. You can also access other services completely anonymously. Um, if you're a student at the university, Speak to them. They can help you. They can get you the right help. Um, when I was there at university, and probably nobody that I was around at the time knew this, but I I accessed the service from there because I was struggling at the time. and would just been through quite a bad breakup. Um, so I, I, I went along there and asked them for some help. They sent me to the relevant people. Um, and I used to go there once a week, and nobody knew about that. And I just wanted to keep that to myself. It was quite a personal thing for me. Um, I didn't want everybody knowing that. I think, A, I perceived it as a bit of a failure that I'd had to go back again.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: But B, I think that for me, it was best at that time just to keep it private because I could cope cope on my own and I was all right on my own. I just needed that little bit of extra help, that little bit of an extra boost. I think when you live in other people's pockets, you don't want to be telling them all the time as well. As as I mentioned earlier, you don't want to drag them down. Um, So I accessed that on my own completely privately um not privately in the terms of i paid loads of money for it it's a free service Um, so if you're at university you can definitely do that and i would i would recommend that as well Um, yeah just as you said the the internet's a wonderful thing now you can access loads of places go on the nhs website search it access it uh, and have a look because there are resources on there as well if you don't want to speak to people yet or if you're unsure of how to do it, it there are things on the NHS website that can help you. It's probably the best way of doing it is it, I think that so being social in the element of talking to people is the best thing we can do anywhere. Um, build up those connections, build up those ties, build those bonds. And then if you still don't feel right, then please, please, please go and get help wherever it is. Uh, the last thing we want to do is add to any of those statistics on suicide no
0: one's saying it's easy but nowhere. <laughs> okay, well, darn mate, it's the hardest thing I've ever done but obviously it's like it's one of the proudest things I've done is like being where I am now and doing something about it I can't honestly I wouldn't even want to think about where I where I would be now like <laughs> if I hadn't done anything about it I'd still yeah. be, I'd still be 18 and a half stone like blaming everybody else do you know what I mean like <laughs> not wrong with that you know, <laughs> just bulking mate in, Seventeen and a half. Seventeen and a half. Season. Um Yeah, I've just you just got to take ownership of it and yeah, don't let it beat you. Just no,
2: take,
0: don't take take ownership of it and fight it head on. It's not it's not a short term thing like you're um, like Matt says about having a beer to Canada kind of oh thank God for that. But once you come off that beer or you come off other things, your problems are still there. It, yeah, all yeah. it does is it just puts a little little foamy topping on it
1: yeah it's always just it's a nice short-term distraction
0: isn't it, it's all uh, it, isn't it? Just, just honestly I, I i say it all the time just believe in yourself and just go out and talk somebody anybody and yep. just just do it it is really hard but it'll be the most rewarding thing you ever do i won't be sat here now honestly i will not be if if i hadn't done it five nearly five years ago um so, yeah, just just go out, like Matt says, and access the services. They are still there. I'll put a, I'll put the website, actually, up, up top for anybody. Um, I want to get as many new faces. I'm sure people are really bored about looking at us and listening to us. So um, I want to get as many people on as possible. I have got some invites out there for people to come on and have a chat. Hopefully I can get my friend on to talk about the mental health services during lockdown and stuff, which would be great. Yeah. And um, But no, I'm kind of
1: trying to persuade Laura to go on to, to speak about how difficult it is to live with somebody like me. So I'll step out of the room for that bit
0: though, so she can be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the toilet seat up. But um, yeah. <laughs> thanks for coming on again, Matt. Um, no worries,
2: mate. Good to see you.
0: Yeah, I'll, I will. I'll try and get another one out. Obviously, we'll, we'll, we'll hook up again next week and get another one out. So, in touch in the comments if you want anything to talk about, any, any subjects you want Matt to talk about, or me to talk about, want Tim to talk about, put them down below. But thanks for watching, everybody, and we'll see you next week, hopefully. You too.